Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right. <laughs> a lot of times, Pete, we don't tease this such that I'm going to have a football guest on and a lot of you people aren't going to like him. But this guy has a business acumen and uh, yeah, business right here in Minnesota has had. And, oh, yeah, he played football too, Pete. We welcome to the show, in honor of the Vikings taking on the Dallas Cowboys, the one and only Hall of Famer, Drew Pearson. Drew, thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. I wish I was in Minnesota getting ready to play this game tonight. Well, we don't. Can we remember back? How many times have you heard about the Hail Mary, Drew? Wow, guys, if I had uh, a dollar, just a dollar, for every time I've heard that, uh, and had to talk about the Hail Mary and explain the Hail Mary and and all that, man, I'd be a, I'd be a rich man. I'd be making more money than these guys making nowadays out there on the football field. <laughs> Pete? I got to tell you, Drew, I, I just saw you on TV the other night, and, uh, and congratulations in the Hall of Fame. That's phenomenal, well-deserved, exciting. And tell us a little bit about Tulsa and your whole path co- before the Cowboys, because we don't want to talk about the Cowboys, but <laughs> before the Cowboys. <laughs> it must be a Minnesota radio station. Yes. <laughs> yes. You want to talk about the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, my experience at Tulsa was really cool. You know, it was a uh, major adjustment for for me coming from South River, New Jersey to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, you know, when I initially agreed to go there, I had no idea it would be that type of cultural adjustment for me. But, you know, after a while, getting in the groove, starting to play football out there on the football field, competing with the other guys, uh, you felt like you started, you started to feel like you belonged. And then through the course of uh, four years there, you certainly felt like you belonged, you know, when it was time to move on, and that move was to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, we didn't have much success athletically at Tulsa when I was there. Uh, we had three losing seasons, three uh, head coaches, and three years of probation. Hmm. But, guys, academically, I got an education that's second to none, and that's what I parlayed into my life after football. You know, that Tulsa education uh, helped me, make that adjustment into life after football. 
Drew, take me back to that. You know, you 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 move on to the Dallas Cowboys, and you know, the perfect organization at the perfect time. Uh, what do you remember about the rivalry with the Vikings? Pete and I were talking about it earlier. That you know, you you always felt like they might meet in the playoffs. What do you remember about playing the Vikings in general and, and that era in the seventies when the NFL really uh, was like a rocket launch off to America? Yeah, yeah. You know, the Vikings have been a good team, you know, through the seventies and. When I think of them, uh, even now to this day, I think of Bud Grant, you know, and the competition and the competitive uh, atmosphere as far as our preparation was concerned when Coach Landry was going against a coach like Bud Grant. You know, they were similar in a lot of ways. And so uh, it was very competitive once we stepped on the field. But you knew every time you were going to play the Vikings. I played them in a championship game my uh, my uh, rookie year at Texas Stadium, and they beat us down down here. Uh, but every time you played the Vikings, you knew what you're going to get. You know, even in the Hail Mary game, you knew in that situation where we needed a touchdown to win the game, you knew exactly what defense the Vikings were going to play. And they did that because they were such a veteran team that they were set in their ways, and you knew what was coming, but they did it so well that they had success doing it. And we just had, a, you know, some key plays that we were able to make in that drive. We had a third and ten, I think, on the left side. I caught a sideline route on Bobby Bryant, the only pass uh, I caught on his side in that Hail Mary drive. Uh, but everything else was on Nate Wright's side, and we knew Nate Wright, even though he's playing the prevent defense, when you come into his territory, his area, he's going to pick you up man. So, therefore, the counter routes were working. When we had that fourth and 17, we ran a post corner on Nate Wright where we hit for 22 yards. The Hail Mary was a turn-in takeoff on Nate Wright. Uh, so when you played the Vikings, you knew you were going up against a veteran team. And going into this game up there on December 28, 1975, you know, no one gave us a chance. We didn't know what was going to happen because the Vikings were a good team. They had just been to the Super Bowl, and everybody was saying this team was better than those teams. So we didn't know what to expect, and we were able to have uh, some success early in the game. Uh, it was a physical game, but then at the end we were able to make some plays to pull it out. You know, Maxie, when you when you listen to Drew talk, he, he sounds like a coach, right? Uh, not just a he player, sure but does. A coach. It was a great memory. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, you were a coach, right, Drew? You coached uh, the Dallas Cowboys. You also even coached a little arena football. Did you, did you love that experience? Was that was that fun too, or or, or how did you treat coaching? Because you sound like a coach when you're speaking. <laughs> well, that's because I've been under Coach Landry for eleven seasons, and that one year as a coach. And if you're around him, you better learn some football, and you better be knowledgeable when you talk about it. Uh, but, yeah, that coaching experience, I did that because my career ended suddenly. Uh, I worked for a uh, football season uh, after that uh, for CBS. thought I had a good year doing that. They promptly fired me at the end of the season. Uh, so I was going to make a comeback and, and play again because the reason I uh, retired, I was in a car accident and I had a lacerated liver. And uh, once that healed up, you know, I thought maybe I could come back and play. It didn't work out, so Coach Landry invited me to join the coaching staff. And, guys, what that did for me was open my eyes and what these coaches really go through. You know, I'm walking down the coach's area, the coach's office area, 
and you look into Ernie Stoutner's office, okay? He's got an iron board. He's got a hot plate. He's got a refrigerator, clothes rack, you know? <laughs> then you go down to Jim Sharpner, same thing. Jim Myers, the same thing. All these great coaches that coached with Coach Landry for a long time. And what that told me is that they pretty much lived <laughs> at the facility. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> You're not going to have much opportunity to go home if you got clothes racks, hot plates, and coffee makers and everything <laughs> right in your office. So uh, that gave me a rude awakening what coaching was all about, the time commitment and all that. And uh, I did it for that one year, but when it was over, I went to Coach Landry and said, Coach, this is not for me. He asked me to stay on, do some scouting. I did some scouting through that offseason where we ended up drafting Mike Sherrod in the first round from UCLA. And uh, what that did was give me a lot of insight, not only in the coaching profession, but also insight on the Dallas Cowboys and how they ran business. And that's what I used in my life after football, my business acumen. Uh, when I started my business through Pearson Marketing, uh, all my business acumen and knowledge and education was from being around the Dallas Cowboys all those years. I learned how they did business and what made them successful and how they maintained that success over a long period of time. So uh, I was able to parlay that into a life after football. Yeah, your success, obviously, business effect. You have business up here in Minnesota, people might not be aware of. Roger Staubach, the same. He's had real estate up here in Minnesota. Uh, what was Staubach like as a teammate? And I always said that you two were uh, somewhat akin because you both did take some of the same strategies after football and, and, and build quite a business fortune for yourself. Yeah, yeah, Roger, man, what a blessing for me. You know, there's so many great players, uh, receivers in particular, that come into the NFL. Uh, but the, the difference is they don't get to play with a great quarterback. They don't get to play in a great system with a great head coach. And coming to the Cowboys, I had all that, including the great quarterback. I played in the Hall of Fame quarterback for eight seasons, eight seasons. And, uh, you know, we really didn't have a go-to guy in our offense. Everything was predicated on the play call. Uh, uh, so it was the 80 series, that's me, 70 series, that's the tight end, Billy Joe. The 60s series, that's either Golden Richards or Tony Hill on the split end side. Uh, so we really didn't have a go-to guy. But in a two-minute situation, you know, it was Roger and I, and the other guys in the huddles understood that. And the reason is because we had success with that. And the other reason is that they just trusted Roger. If Roger said, Drew, what do you got? You know, they're going to fall in line, and they did, you know, like on the Hail Mary situation. But playing with Roger Starbuck was just a, uh, a tremendous uh, opportunity for me not to grow just as a professional football player, but a professional person as well. And I watched how Roger did his thing. You know, his uh, eight years that I played with him, he worked every offseason for eight years. He worked for, for a real estate company called Henry S. Miller uh, before he went out and started his own real estate business. And then, you know, I worked every offseason. The reason? Because Roger Staubach was working every offseason. (laughs) This must be the way to go. So playing with a guy like that just meant a tremendous uh, 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 amount of success for me with my career. And then to have him present that just meant a tremendous uh, 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 amount of success for me with my career. And then to have him present me into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, guys, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. that was the icing on our career together. That was the icing on the cake for us, our career together, and the rapport that we built through that career. 
Drew, I got a quick one for you, um, and we really appreciate it. Guys, I'll tell you what, you're, you're giving us so much about the, the, the relationship and the, the impressive part about not just football, but post-football. But I'm going to go all the way back to high school football. Uh, tell everybody who your quarterback was and, and who he yeah. ended up being, who he ended up playing for for uh, multiple seasons against the Dallas Cowboys. Well, before I tell you that, I guess you can understand that uh, I make quarterbacks pretty good, okay? <laughs> That's right. That's, That's right. right. That's why you're a whole looking at it, Drew Pearson, yeah. <laughs> but my high, school, my high school quarterback was Joe Thiesman, okay? Everybody mm-hmm. knows him as Joe Thiesman, okay? But back in South River, New Jersey, his name was Joey Thiesman. And that's what we called him in South River. He went to Notre Dame, had a chance to win the Heisman Trophy. So he, okay, you got to understand this guy. He changed his name from Thiesman to Thiesman to ride with Heisman. <laughs> and uh, you know, Joey, that's the kind of guy he is. Pretty confident uh, um, man. We stay in touch. Been, he went to my ceremony. He was there. So great to see him uh, throughout our whole career. You know, later in life when the cell phones and uh, all that came, we text each other, stayed in touch like that. But, yeah, I uh, Joey was a senior quarterback, and I was a uh, sophomore wide receiver, and I started as wide receiver and safety on defense. And, of course, Joey uh, was a tremendous high school quarterback. Uh, we were undefeated uh, his senior year. Uh, we only played nine games, and we had no playoffs or anything like that. We played nine game guys. We were undefeated, and we were unscored upon for six of those games, okay? Hmm. Our first four games we played Joey's senior year was shutouts, okay? That's how good this team was. First pass I caught from Joey Thiesman in high school was a (laughs) 60-yard touchdown pass, and, guys, I caught it standing in the end zone. And Joey was scrambling to his left, threw the ball on the run, and I'm waiting as it came down 60 yards later into the end zone. And that's what kind of high school quarterback Joe Tyson was. Wow. So when he left, I, I used to play the varsity game on Saturday afternoon, the whole game, and then play the JV game on Monday at quarterback to groom to replace Joey. Sure. So when Joey left, I became the quarterback of South River High School and became an all-state quarterback. And the problem was when I went to Tulsa, I was the quarterback, so I couldn't have had a chance to make any quarterbacks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you needed you as a receiver, too, is what you're saying. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, so, well, it was a pretty good experience playing with Joey in high school, for sure. Well, Drew, we appreciate it very much, and, and you've you've done everything you can do, right? You you, you won the, the Super Bowl. You're in the Hall of Fame. You've seen it all. So now that there's no more award, you're in the Tulsa Hall of Fame. You're honored all, across the board. Now that that's, you, there's no more awards that, 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 that people can vet you on. Did you maybe push off just a little on Nate Wright? <laughs> <laughs> just a little. You for that, man. <laughs> You're not going to get that scoop, guys. Okay, we'll, we'll get you on it. Hey, Drew, great stuff, though. Really fun to connect with you, and uh, I know our Vikings fans enjoy it as well in a strange way. Yeah, hey, we guys, appreciate thanks it, Drew. for having the original 88. Uh, good luck in the game tonight. It's <laughs> a win, okay? <laughs> All right, Drew Pearson, Pete Nigerian, and I back on the huddle after this. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.